In the midst of this lockdown, people are gardening for themselves at record numbers. What does Jesus have to say about agriculture on this episode of Inverse? Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, welcome to Inverse. We're talking about discipleship for the last about five, six, five, four weeks. And we are going to continue talking about discipleship. And if you want to follow along, you can go to inversebible.org. And there you, there you see a 13-week of what we call a quarter full of, full of Bible studies. We have the ones on Daniel and Obi-Wan and Romans in the future. Really great resource. So go to inversebible.org. I want to say uh, hi to my, my three male friends here. We have an all-male cast uh, this episode. We're going to be talking about discipleship within the context of the grow cycle. We'll introduce that once we have a word of prayer and we read scripture. So I'm going to ask Israel, can you pray for us to get this episode started? Sure. Father in heaven, thank you that we have this great opportunity to gather together virtually. We pray that your blessing would be with each one of us, wherever we are, and that you would guide our conversation as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Jonathan, let's go to Luke chapter 8, shall we? Luke mm -hmm. chapter 8 and verse 5 through 15, if you can read for us. Yes. Luke 8, verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while and in a time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Great. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, Sebastian, can you kind of give us an overview, take us on an airplane ride to where we've been and kind of bring us up to speed? If there's anyone who may be just watching this episode for the first time, where we are in this 13-week mm -hmm. uh, segment. Sure. So... We basically started off by just introducing the concept of discipleship from the Great Commission. And then we looked at some of those fundamental areas of air, prayer, and feed, read, and then fitness mm -hmm. and witness. And so now we're kind of transitioning towards this aspect of now moving forward in discipleship and what is that process of how we actually implement it. Uh, but looking at how those components of prayer, reading the Bible, as well as witnessing are so integral to discipleship and what it involves. 
Yeah, we looked at that Jesus was a soul winner. He was someone who was involved mm -hmm. in evangelism. Mm -hmm. And we talked about last week about how God wants us to be involved in witnessing. And we read Acts chapter 8. And sometimes we think we got to take the person and give this one awesome, crazy two-second conversation. And they're converted. And we find some mm -hmm. water. We just dunk them in the water. And now you're a Christian and can move on to the next person. And we're realizing right. that if we do a careful reading of Jesus, that that's not the case, that God works with mm -hmm. people, God works with the relationships, and it's a natural thing. And then he uses agriculture. And I, I, I read this once, I can't confirm it, but the one topic that Jesus talked about most uh, was money. Very interesting, yes. about wealth and, 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 and wages and whatnot. And the second topic was on agriculture. And not that Jesus was involved in, he was mindful of money and agriculture, but he's talking about everyday things that everyday people had and used them to teach spiritual things. Mm -hmm. So, um, Israel, um, let's look at Acts chapter 8 here and uh, let's glean some insights. You mean Luke 8? The very first, yeah. Oh, Luke 8. What did I say? Acts. It's okay. Luke 8. Thank it's you. All right. It's all I right. Think the foundational the foundational concept that emerges here is the importance of knowing the types of soil and mm. how the soil impacts the production of a certain crop and this is the very first thing that i think jesus wants us to know that there even before we begin uh the work of trying to develop and grow crops it's essential for us to know this type of soil is going to produce this type of uh, of crop why mm -hmm. is this important well we, we, it's important for us to understand to, and to try to understand human behavior so that when we do the work of soul winning, when we do the work of discipleship, we, we can begin to see these tendencies will end up leading most likely to these kind of results. And that's why Jesus gives us this kind of parable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Jonathan, what is this soil preparation? What mm -hmm. is that in the human element in the, in the witnessing evangelism component? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of mentioned earlier that uh, in, in the context of evangelism, we often think of it as, okay, you just preach and baptize and you're done. But mm. Jesus is trying to show us here um, that uh, leading someone to Christ is a process. It takes time, mm. it takes sweat and blood and, and a lot of investment to, yes. to get the, the yield, to hopefully get the yield uh, that you're looking for. So mm -hmm. in this parable, Jesus is just giving us um, he is showing us that it's it's necessary to to um, uh, sow at the right time on the right soil. So when it comes to soil preparation, this is the the things we do to prepare someone to hopefully open up their heart to to receiving that seed. So before we can preach, before we can share uh, direct, you know, the Bible studies and the Bible verses and and uh, all the things that we'd like to share with them uh, as soon as we meet them. We need to take a step back and and mm -hmm. uh, and and prepare the experience um, for them so that they are not overwhelmed. Um, there is it's important to understand that this is a process and it will take some mm -hmm. time, uh, but with God's help, you will see beautiful results. Mm -hmm. Justin, mm -hmm. if I can, I love I the emphasis can... on on process and time and in Israel. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting because you know you were mentioning in your in your opener about how. You know, COVID-19 has had everyone gardening. I'm certainly one of those people. I, I call myself the faith farmer. I know absolutely nothing about farming, nothing about agriculture. <laughs> but I know people who do. So 
the crazy thing is, as soon as we knew that we couldn't go to work, we decided to start a, a family garden. And immediately, as soon as we started, I thought to myself, man, I need to get seed planted. I need to just put that seed in the ground as soon as mm. possible. And so mm. I, I borrowed a tiller from a friend. We began to till the soil. I began to outline my garden. And I started uh, uh, you know, tilling the ground, ready to put in the seed. Thankfully, I made a phone call to a friend and I told them what my plans were. And then they started asking me all types of questions about my soil. Do you know what kind of soil mm. you have? Uh, it, does your soil have you know, high levels of this or high levels of that? And I started kind of thinking like, I don't know what in the world my soil, what, what are you talking about? What's my soil <laughs> composition? Right. And so I ended, up, I ended up getting discouraged. You know, I'm like, you know what? It's too, it's too difficult to plant a garden. I just want to throw seed down and see what happens. What ended up happening is he, he told me, look, you can actually end up doing all this hard work and in the end have zero result. And mm. that's actually kind of what happened. I, I started planting potatoes, for example. That's the first, the first crop I planted. I, I planted these potatoes in, in some uh, uh, tires, into some, some tires. It's, you can look it up on YouTube. Oh, and, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, check it out on YouTube. I started planting yeah, these we potatoes. We really need and to I'll emphasize make... the principles of soil preparation. You can't put potatoes yeah. in tires and expect them to come out. You you have these tower tires. Look at them on Facebook. And and I planted them, and, and I read the instructions. <laughs> Everything was good, right? I thought we're going to have this abundant, uh, you know, Peruvian potato yeah. crop. But yeah. what ended up happening is that because I wasn't aware of what was going on and the different cycles of planting, a frost came, killed the potato plants, and I've mm -hmm. lost my first crop already. Even even though we put all that hard work into it, so mm -hmm. being aware of, of of what is coming in the future, understanding the overall picture of agriculture and of farming and of soil preparation is essential for us to have a successful work. Why? Because the fact that we work doesn't necessarily guarantee a result in crops. So right. we connect with the Lord Jesus. We have this burden to expand the kingdom of Jesus for to other people. We want to be disciples for him. We're copying what Jesus does. And then maybe we've we've narrowed down some people. There are some maybe our neighbors, our friends, siblings, I don't know, classmates or workmates, and we and we're praying for them. So could it be that praying is one form of soil preparation? Yeah. We're praying mm. for their, their openness and, and I think everyone would agree. But are there any, let's get into practicals. What are practical things that we could do to, to prepare the soil? Now, next week, we're going to look at planting the actual seeds, so giving them materials and, and, mm -hmm. and engaging. But how do we even get to the stage before that? Uh, we'll go to well, Sebastian. I think, well, I think, Justin, one of the places that we start is with just being available to people. A lot of times mm -hmm. you can't reach people that you're not with, right? You can't be a missionary in, you know, Kenya or China if you're not in China. And so a lot of times if we're trying to do this distant, socially distant evangelism, which we may be required to in a pandemic crisis, but in general, you want to come close to the people. And so to mm -hmm. me, building that relationship, building that trust by saying, I'm not here because I have an agenda, because the agricultural paradigm like Israel just illustrated, teaches us we can't be so focused on the harvest that we're unwilling to do the basic decisions mm -hmm, right now mm -hmm, mm -hmm, to prepare mm -hmm, for that mm -hmm. harvest. Well, I just want to baptize you. Yeah. Well, before you get there, it may seem messy and difficult, like Israel said, and you want to step back and say, man, this is too difficult. 
because relationships are messy, but that is the necessary preparation if you are so yeah. committed to having the harvest that you're looking for. And one thing that you were saying, mm -hmm. while, while, while I think, you know, there are Christians who just want to baptize, and that is a large criticism of Christians that you just want to baptize me. You just want to put me in some institutional kind of organized religion kind of thing. Yep. But when we don't right. enter the relationship on an organic, natural level and espousing love and and trust and just this authentic relationship, the baptism mm -hmm. just becomes a natural outgrowth of that. It's not this end mm -hmm. thing and goal. And then we just drop the person afterwards. When yes. We come after the break. Right. Let's look at discuss at actual practical things, actual hands on how did Jesus do it and what we can do to win and prepare the souls of those that we want to win for the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay with us after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We're looking at this uh, concept, this principle of preparation it, before we engage the other in discipleship, in our personal discipleship, we need to be preparing hearts. And I want to ask uh, Jonathan uh, in this episode mm -hmm. here, how do we, how do we get, let's get into the, the, the actual, let's get real. Um, mm -hmm. We can say, Hey, we got to be personal. We got to be real with them and be nice, but there are non-Christians and maybe people who are just genuinely nice, who are just nice all the time, and they're not preparing the, the heart for, for Christ. How, what's the difference? And when, how do we avoid just becoming too intentional and, and, and just, you understand the, the tension mm -hmm. that I'm drawing mm -hmm. up here? Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, I think things have to be genuine. And we talked about this in a previous episode. When the love of Christ fills your heart, you want mm. to share. And so, mm. um, yes, we have to be personal. And this means taking time away from our personal agendas and saying, I'm, I'm going to spend time on other people. And so, for example, if start with your neighbors, uh, engage in conversation, build relationships, uh, but then also um, make sure you are open to hearing their concerns of life and see how you can meet those needs. Um, they need to see that selfless compassion um, that comes from your heart towards them because you actually care for them. But kindness alone, as you said, is not, um, I mean, business, in walking to business, people are kind to you. They're nice to you. But when you are um, engaging with God's uh, way of reaching out, it's not just about kindness. It's also about leading them into principles of righteousness, which means into the things of life that, help somebody see God better. So for example, mm -hmm. when we help people to be healthier in their lifestyle, um, they, that will help them to have a clearer mind, a, 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 maybe a better perception for what the Holy Spirit is trying to lead them to. So health mm -hmm. uh, can be a wonderful tool uh, to prepare the soil uh, for later on receiving, you know, the word of God, um, because now they are they, they have been opened up, so to say, uh, to receive yeah. uh, that message. Yeah, the Bible talks so yeah. much about health and the, the, what, what better way to get into the mind and heart of people who, mm -hmm. in this day and age, we're all suffering from some kind of health and we're all curious about how to be healthier. 
that have made, makes an impact. Sebastian, uh, you have a health ministry of sorts, and how are you using mm -hmm. that as a a wedge, uh, entering wedge, so to speak, for 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 witnessing and evangelism? Right. Well, I think when you look at Jesus's healing ministry, it was very clear. And one of the things that I do is I work with companies to help improve the health of their employees while they're at work. So they don't have to add an extra hour to their day or worry about where they're going to go for lunch. But we try to provide the meal as well as the activity so that they can get some exercise and improve their health. And I remember specifically going with a very short woman who was slightly overweight and she was one of the first people to sign up for the program. And after we got into her routine, after about two sessions, she came back to me and she said, you know, I, I searched your name online and I saw that you do a program called Inverse and I saw that you've also have sermons online and I know that you're a Christian. And so then she looks huh. at me and she says, I don't want you to just include fitness in my program. I want you to include spirituality as well. Because wow. she said, I know that I'm not just in this health condition with type 2 diabetes and these other issues simply because of poor food and exercise choices, but I'm also here because of spiritual issues going on in my life. And so it was a clear mm -hmm. opening to that door of the knowledge mm -hmm. and trust that she had in me that I was willing to help her on the health side automatically led to the opening on the spiritual side. I love it. I love it. I mean, this is a very tangible opening of 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 of, of a spiritual conversation with a very clear mm -hmm. uh, objective, without making the objective in itself the the all the all in all of things. Right, uh, Israel. Right. You want to tie in there? Yeah, uh, it's that was a powerful testimony, by the way, Sebastian. Um, you know what I what, what I think about uh, in reflecting on what Jonathan and what Sebastian are saying and your question, nice goodness and being nice to people and, and showing kindness, all of this, I consider this like water or like sun or like air. These, the things that nature naturally provides the world, mm. right? So the, 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 the kindness of God shines on everyone, like the sun falls on everything. And right. this could actually, this could actually produce, this could actually produce, uh, um, fruit, even in places that are not intended, right? So there's, you can go to places all over the world where people did not intentionally plant a seed and yet something sprouted up and grew. What is the mm -hmm. difference between the Christian's kindness and the kindness of another person that is not a Christian? Well, the, the, the bottom line boils down to this. When I plant my garden and I place the seed in there, and I water it and I try to give it sunshine and, and, and exposure and so forth. All of this is done because I intend something to happen. I intend fruit to sprout out. But nevertheless, even though I have invested all of this labor in there, the Christian understands, just like the farmer understands, that unless a miracle takes place, there will not be fruit in even though I've invested all of that effort into that garden. And yes, I need right. the sun. Yes, I need the water. But ultimately, as a Christian farmer, I understand I need God's blessing. I need the miracle mm -hmm. of life to sprout out from something that is dead. And I think that this is the difference between the kindness of a Christian and the kindness of someone mm -hmm. else. The kindness of someone else is like the water falling upon a seed that may or may not spring up. There's nothing that was done intentionally. But the Christian is saying, Father, I am watering the seed, I am providing sunshine to the seed, 
understanding that unless you do something, I will not be able to reap a harvest. And so mm -hmm. I need, you know, divine effort and blessing to help. Right. You know, uh, Justin, Israel's point is to me so powerful because it reminds me of an experience of a woman I met at a lecture at a university in South Africa who had lost her daughter through the apartheid issues present. And mm -hmm. one of the individuals had broken in, raped and killed her daughter. And when she arrived home, she wasn't even aware of the situation. The news cameras were already there. And when they said, do you have any comment of what happened to your daughter? And she looked directly mm -hmm. in the camera. And she said, I want to know whoever did this, I forgive you. And so does God. The crazy thing was after the guy got out of jail, obviously nobody would hire him. She took him into her own home and let him sleep in the very room where her daughter used to sleep and called him her son. See, to me, Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what do you more than other people? Even sinners do that. So that one of the other things to build off of Israel's point as a Christian is not only are we praying for a miracle, but we're also willing to love the unlovable. We're willing to serve the unservable. We're willing to forgive the unforgivable. And that is something that is not natural to the human heart. That is a kindness mm -hmm. that the world does not possess. Mm -hmm. Only Jesus inside the heart can make me love my enemies and pray for people mm -hmm. who persecute me and despitefully abuse me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, what comes to mind as, um, as you guys are talking is that we have these extremes um, and there's some who, and, and, and I appreciate Israel who, who provides a balance, but we have this one extreme is like, look, I'm going to show kindness to all people, just as God shows, uh, has rain and sun to all people. We're going to be kind to all people. And if there is someone with a spiritual inclination wants no more, I'm not going to reveal more to them. I'm not going to evangelize to mm -hmm. them. And the more that they that they don't evangelize and, and witness to them, it's kind of a sign of how genuine they are. Does that make sense? And then the other extreme <laughs> yeah. is I will only be kind to you if you promise to go to the next steps of, of baptism and, and, and whatnot, if you show spiritual interest. Mercy. And and then comp com compiling both of your, your comments together, what's what's the, the overall overall framework is that we should be kind to all and then should there be an opening, we, we, we capitalize and we see how God yeah. leads us in that process. And not just leading us, but also leading mm -hmm. that person. I mean, he's leading all of us together. And I think that holistic mm -hmm. picture and that, that, that overall bird's eye view really provide, should provide balance for us and not get in mm -hmm. some of these ditches that we see so, so often. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, so chime in here. Uh, what are some, some insights that yeah. you see in this? Um, one other thing that really is important, I believe, in, 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 the, in the process of witnessing and preparing this all is to see people as human beings, not mm -hmm. to see them as, you know, yes. the sinner and the heathen and, 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 and the other or that person <laughs> that is going to take time out of my schedule, but to see them as a fellow human being. Uh, Christ knows every human heart. Uh, he is close to he's trying to reach everyone and he's close to all of us. And so we have to recognize that just because we might be Christians and have a very intentional relationship with Jesus, that does not mean that Jesus um, is not also close and trying to reach another person. So when we see other people as human beings in need of Christ, just as much as we are, um, mm -hmm. it will help us to, uh, to, to spend that quality time with people. I mean, Jesus ate with sinners, right? The Pharisees mm -hmm. held it against right. him, but it's really is, is, is a revelation of the gospel that God cares. And so I think as we um, engage with people around us, let us 
eat with sinners because we, I mean, mm. we are not Jesus. So we are sinners too. Let us fellowship with them, see them as mm -hmm. human beings and right. invest the time, not just with one, but with as many as possible um, and building that trust. And as we help them, I mean, medical missionary work is a term that's used. That's, I mean, of course, that's health ministry. Uh, that is, you know, uh, uh, our health outreach, our hospital systems. But it's also a personal work that we can do. I um, don't have to be a doctor to be, a, uh, you know, to be engaged in that kind of work because it really just means to help other people uh, mm -hmm. without expecting something back. Because it is extending mm -hmm. the arm that Jesus extended to us by showing His love, His care. And, and yes, we live, in, you know, some of us live in a society that is very wealthy or has everything they need, but people all, everyone has needs. And so as the more time we spend with people, the better we will know what their heart is crying for, and we will be able to, to minister to them in that way. So seeing people as people and helping them without expecting something back is a wonderful way to prepare that soil of the heart that we have been talking about. Your comments are very well appreciated. I remember when I was in campus ministry, I thought, what can I do to meet the needs of these students? And one of the greatest uh, fruitful forms of ministry was eating with them, as as exactly as Jonathan, yes. you mentioned. I remember, and, and just to tie in what Israel was saying before, just as, you know, here, at least in, in Acts 8, the seed is being spread to everyone. I bought so many meals for so many students. But not every single one uh, responded exactly the same way. Some uh, had no spiritual inclination whatsoever. Some did, and then they left. Some had seemed like they didn't at all, and then they did. And right. some were there the entire time. But just and eating and, and getting into a, a very organic, just a regular right. conversation with them just opened up a lot of possibilities. Jonathan. I you know just want to encourage uh, our viewers as well and us here uh, that when we do that work, yeah, there are some people who will not respond. We're going to talk about that later on in inverse here, mm -hmm. but uh, to be okay with that reality, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to, to spend. That God will use other people spend... to prepare their hearts as well. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 exactly. So just, we, we don't have to worry about the outcome. Let's love like Jesus loved and he, and, and very practically and let the outcome be with God. Mm -hmm. 30 seconds, Sebastian, you want to chime in here? I was just going to say one of the most important aspects, I think, is to come close to people and also be vulnerable, that even though they will see you as mm -hmm. more spiritual, to show that I needed Jesus too, and to open mm -hmm. up about not only our successes, but our failures. And I think that opens mm -hmm. a lot of doors as well and breaks down a lot Amen. of walls. Amen. The six of us here at Inverse, even though we're on TV and we're talking about spiritual things, we're very, very, uh, we got huge weaknesses and we're huge sinners and we need the grace of Jesus like all of you out there too. Amen. Hopefully this has been a blessing of a conversation for you. I know it's been for me and my three, three guy friends. We'll have some more girls on next uh, episode, but join <laughs> us here on Inverse. You can go to hopetv.org slash Inverse or inversebible.org for our Bible study guides. We'll see you next week. God bless you all. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is inverse.